Okay, we're beginning Meseches Gittin. Um, the Mishnah deals with the premise. Obviously, we'll learn Hilchas Gittin as we go along. We're not going to do much of an introduction. I think we understand what a get is. But the 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 Mishnah is dealing with the premise of a uh, a shliach bringing the get uh, on behalf of the husband to the wife. Right? The husband doesn't have to deliver it himself. He could a shliach can bring it. And if the shliach is bringing it from outside of Eretz Yisrael, there were certain stringencies that Chazal instituted. Mainly that the shliach has to be present for the writing and the signing and has to say so. That's the main thing that, that this Mishnah deals with. That if a shliach comes to deliver the get from outside of Israel, the shliach has to say, I was present for the writing, I was present for the signing. Befani nechtav, befani nechtam. That's, that's a requirement of the shliach. Now we're going to see why this was needed. The Gemara will elaborate in a moment. But the Mishnah says, get ayam, that if a, if a shliach brings a divorce from outside of Israel to Israel, he has to say, before me it was written, before me it was sealed. Meaning technically on a biblical level, if you think about it, you could be a shliach, you don't have to have seen it. They could Someone could write it, it could be written properly, hand you an envelope, and you just hand it over. But Chazal instituted that if you're the shliach delivering a get from outside of Israel, you have to be present for the writing and be present for the signing and say so. Now, the main reason, two reasons in the Gemara, I just want to I'll say it now, just understand, there were two reasons. The main reason is there were, they didn't travel a lot from outside of Israel to Israel. It wasn't so easy to travel. So what, what happens, the husband sends the get from outside of Israel. The guy just takes a sealed envelope, hands it to the wife. So far, so good. A year later, he's like, I never wrote. It's not, it's, it's fake, false. So now what? Now she's stuck. So what does she have to do? She has to prove that the witnesses that signed it are legit. So now she has to, let's say it was written in Libya. So she has to now find witnesses from Libya who could attest that that handwriting is theirs. It's a, it's, it's a headache and a half. Therefore, Chazal said, you know what? If you're going to send it from outside, let the one guy watch it, the one guy see it, and he'll testify that it's good. And the Gemara in tomorrow's daf is going to ask, shouldn't you need two witnesses to attest that it's good? Okay, fine. But Chazal were lenient. But the point is, that's one concern. The reason why they allow, they made him say it is because they wanted to avoid the husband ever questioning, ever claiming that it's a forgery because it's hard to prove it because they didn't. It's not like nowadays where you're just like, okay, I'll fly to Israel. But back then, it was like they didn't go to Syria. They just never did that. So if it's from outside of Israel, to avoid future Forgery claims, let the one guy who delivers it see it, let him see the writing, let him see the signing, and, and you can't you can't claim it anymore. The second thing also was that one of the rules of a get is that it has to be written lishma. It has to be written for that woman. And you can't go to the store and just buy a filled out get and hand it to your wife, even if the names are already pre-filled out. No good. It has to be written for that wife. They didn't know that a lot outside of Israel. They weren't as learned. So therefore, they wanted to make it that the, if you deliver from outside of Israel, we want that shliach to see the signing, see the writing, and we'll ask him, was it written lishma? Because they always say it's written lishma. He'll say yes. So th those are the two the two reasons that they require the, the shliach to not just be a shliach, he has to be present for the writing and the signing and claim that it was written uh, and, and signed in his presence, either to avoid future forgery claims and also so that they could ask him was it written for the right intent, and then he could say yes. Okay, Rav Gamliel Oimer. A lot of this Gemara, a lot of this mission, the Gemara will explain in the future. Rav Gamliel Oimer, Rav Gamliel says, even if you bring it from Rekem and Cheger, Rekem and Cheger were border towns. So they're technically Chutzlars, but they're really, really close. Meaning it doesn't have to be Spain. Even if you're, you know, right outside of Israel, that's it. 
If it's outside of Israel, you have to make this claim. Rav Leezer said, even if you're going from Ludim to Lud, what this means is Ludim and Lud, one was inside of Israel, one was out. But the way Israel was shaped, it's like not only was Ludim outside of Israel, but it's actually surrounded by Israeli towns on either side because it's like a peninsula sticking in. So it's technically Chutzlaretz, but it's like surrounded by Israel still. The point is still, if it's from outside of Israel, you have to you have to go through this process. The Chum say you only need to say you only have to the Shlech only has to declare that he saw it written, he saw it right, he saw a seal signed. If he's taking it from outside of Israel, bring it to outside of Israel. The Gemara will explain what is the Chachamim adding. A lot of this is pretty vague. Also, by the way, according to the Chachamim, let's say you're not going from outside of Israel to Israel. That we talked about, right? We talked about outside of Israel to Israel, you have to. Israel to Israel, like if you're going from Yushalayim to Beit Shemesh, it's not needed. Why? Because both reasons don't apply. First of all, they knew how to write things properly in Israel because they were learned. And also, what are you concerned about? It's hard to prove that he's going to claim it's a forgery. And it's going to be hard to find witnesses. It's Yushalayim to Beit Shemesh. It's easy. It's easy. But if you bring um, a star, the Mishnah says, let's say I bring a divorce from New York to Alabama. Not far, all within one country, but all in Chutzlar, you still have to say it. Okay, the Gemara will go through the reasons for this. Rav Shem Gamliel says, even if it's one province, but it's just different um, leaders, meaning let's say it's different rival, like even within one uh, technical location, but it has different leaders, let's say New York, you know, like East Germany and West Germany in the, you know, that period of time, you still would have to say, okay, now the halacha is that you have to say it when you're going, oh, because of the, jo- the do- oh, I thought you were talking about with the Dodgers. I thought you were talking about the Mets and the Yankees. How would you say Bob of Monroe? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you know, Monroe to, Monroe to, to Williamsburg. So now the, the Mishnah says like this. Now, we, we said that you have to say it if you're going from Chutz Aritz to Eretz Yisrael. Now, the question is, what are the, what is the, uh, what are the, what are the territory of Chutzlars? Meaning, what's considered Chutzlars? Because again, this is a point that Tysus makes, a very long Tysus. This is a point that Tysus makes. We're not trying to define biblical Israel because the whole premise is, that outside of Eretz Yisrael, they weren't learned, and they didn't travel that far. So you could have, let's say Eilat, I'm, I'm not going to say, let, I'm just going to throw out a town. Let's say Eilat is technically biblical Israel. Let's say it is. I'm, I'm not going to involve whether it is or not. But let's say it is, but nobody traveled there, and nobody's learned there. Then you would have to say it from Eilat to Yerushalayim, because it's not, we're not looking for biblical Israel territory. We're looking for this concept territory of Israel. So it's not, so when, when this Mishnah gives uh, territorial, like, apply this to like Truma and Meiser. This is, these towns outside of Israel, they weren't learned, and outside of Israel, they didn't travel. If you have a town that's technically biblical Israel, but they never traveled and they weren't learned, then it's going to be outside of Israel for this discussion. The Mishnah says, what are the boundaries of Israel? From Rechem eastward, and Rechem is outside of Israel. So Rechem to the east, that's if you carry from, if you take a, a divorce from Rechem to Israel, you have to say, uh, that's to the east, that's the border to the east. Ashkelon Ashkelon to the south and southward. And Ashkelon is already outside of Israel. That's, that's considered outside of Israel for this discussion. And to the north, it's Akko. And Akko is already outside of Israel. So by the way, that's obviously, that's where Tosis discusses 
Akko is uh, perceived as biblical Israel. We would assume Akko is definitely an Eretz Israel. So you see from here that it's not necessarily the territories of biblical Israel. We're talking about the territories for Gittin purposes. Rav Meir, disagrees. He says, no, Akko is considered Israel for this discussion as well. Uh, maybe get Be'eretz Israel. Now, let's say you bring a divorce from Yerushalayim to Beit Shemesh, all within Israel. The shliach doesn't have to say anything. He could just hand deliver the, 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 the letter. He doesn't have to say a word. I. What's the big concern? Worst case scenario, the husband later on claims that it's a forgery. So then you have to deal with it. You'll have to get witnesses that will back up that the document is legit. So that's simple. Again, the reason why we make you say it is because we don't want to go through the headache of getting up to trying to prove that the document is legit when you're going, when it's from outside of Israel, because that's far away and it was hard to travel. But from Beit Shemesh to Shalayim, there's no need to say it. Worst case scenario, the husband claims that it's a forgery. So the wife will get people that can testify that those witnesses signed it. It's Beit Shemesh to Shalayim. It's not hard. It's not hard to do. Okay, fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, listen, I mean, even now, Israel is not, uh, you know, it's, it's easy. Traveling within a country is a lot easier than traveling outside the country. So the Gemara says, the Gemara speaks out a lot of what I said, which is, my time, what's the reason why, conceptually, again, you're going from Lebanon to Eretz Israel. make it simple. The Shliach delivers the get, they say to the Shliach, wait a minute, you have to say you were present for the writing and you were present for the signing. Why is that necessary? So I mentioned this two reasons. Rabba Omar Rabba says, go to the next page. Rabba says, because outside of Israel, they were not particular with certain halachas of Gittin. They were not aware that Gittin have to be written for the right for that woman. So therefore, they want to ask the Shliach, hey, you know that this was legit? And he's going to say, yeah. So the way they would do that opening is they would say, he would say, I was there for the writing. I was there for the signing. And they would say, well, was it written for that woman? And he'll say, yes. So therefore, to ensure that the get was written properly, he has to testify. The instant question we should ask is, he's a single witness. He shouldn't have any power. He's basically testifying that this get was written properly and we're relying on him because you don't know whether it was written for this woman and he's the one testifying that. Generally, for testimony, it requires two witnesses. I'll just rely on this recording. Guys from the high school call me on WhatsApp calls it, blocks the recording. Anyway. That's the first reason of Rava. Rava says no. Rava says a separate reason. Rava says the reason why we have that they have to testify, he has to say, is because we're afraid the husband's going to claim it's a forgery. It's going to be hard to prove that the witnesses, it's going to be hard for her to find proof that the witnesses signed it because she'll have to start going to Lebanon, which is not an easy traveling thing. Therefore, when the guy delivers it, he'll say he was there for the writing, he was there for the signing, and he'll testify that these that these people signed it properly. Again, same question the Gemara is going to ask on tomorrow's daf. Why are we relying on one witness? You should require two. Okay, fine. The Gemara says, "My benai, what's the difference between these two views?" At the end of the day, they both agree that if you're coming from outside of Israel, you have to say Either it's because they to ensure that it was written for this woman, or to ensure that the witnesses signed it properly and to avoid a claim of forgery. What's the difference? So the Gemara says there's three differences. Uh, difference number one is if two people bring it, meaning. If the reason is, let's say two witnesses bring the document, send it with two people. So if the reason is 
that two that two people right if two people bring the documents so if it's if the concern is that it was not written for the right intent they'll still have to say there's still a concern that it was not written for the right intent but if the concern is that you're not going to have people to prove that these that it was signed by these witnesses then you have two people they don't have to say anything meaning one person brings it in he has to say i was there for it either to ensure that it was written for the right intent or to make sure that those witnesses signed it properly. Those, those are the actual witnesses and you know those are the witnesses that signed it. What's the difference between these two? What if two people bring it? Do they have to say, do two witnesses have to declare anything? If the concern is that it wasn't written for the right intent, yeah, there's no difference. But if the concern is that those two witnesses were not, you know, you have to make sure those two witnesses signed it, you hear, you have two witnesses that saw it. They don't have to say anything because they know they saw it. They didn't say it. so that's that's Tysus's kasha. Rashi just assumes that if they're there, they probably saw it. If they saw it, then why do they have to say anything? What what are you concerned about? That you need they're the two people that brought it. They definitely saw. It. They don't have to say anything. They're them bringing it is a declaration of uh, of, of that they saw it. Tysus asks your question, which is how do you know they saw it? Okay, that's a Rashi assumes. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says Asayu betray shneim nasu shluchim So those two witnesses are sent in order to divorce it. They're both carrying it. According to Rabbah, that the whole concern is that it wasn't written for the right intent. They still have to say that it was written for the right intent. But that according to Rava, that the whole concern is that the witnesses made, they want to make sure that there's no claim of forgery. You don't have to say anything. These are two witnesses. They're, they're, that's a testimony enough by them bringing it. Because if the husband claims it's a forgery, they're right there. They'll claim that it's not. There's no need for them to say anything. That's the first nafkamina. Secondly, what if you're carrying it from within Israel, from Yushalayim to Beit Shemesh? If the whole concern is that it wasn't written the right intent in Israel, they knew they knew the halachas properly. It was written the right intent. If the concern is that that you want to avoid a forgery concern, then I understand you'd want to avoid a forgery even in Yishlam. It's not the biggest deal, but you'd also want to avoid a forgery concern, and therefore you would say it even within Eretz Yisrael. Rashi says, what's the case? Kigoyin Yehuda v'galil, meaning the case is, um, it's Yishlam to Beit Shemesh, but they, they didn't travel very often. It was like during the times of the Beis Hamikdash where they had the Malchi Beis David and Malchi Yisrael. Like so, it's technically within within Israel, but they didn't travel very often. If the whole concern is for it, it wasn't written for the right intent in Israel, they knew the halachas probably. They wrote it for the right intent. It's not necessary. If the concern is that if there's a claim of forgery, it's going to be hard. It might be hard even within Israel. There were territories within Israel that was difficult to travel. So that would be a nafkamina between these two reasons. And the last one is Ba'isa Medina Medina Sayam. The last one is traveling from Brooklyn to Queens in America. If the concern is that it wasn't written the right intent, outside of Israel, they didn't know the halachas. They would have to claim. If the concern is that it's hard to get witnesses a claim of forgery, Brooklyn to Queens is very easy. So these would be three examples where there would be a slight nafkamina between Rava and Rava. So now the Gemara, just to end this Ahmed, the Gemara asks a question. The Gemara says... Ula Rabba, let's go with Rabba first. Tomorrow the Gemara is going to ask Rabba, but let's go with Rabba. Rabba says that again, the witness, the Shliach brings the get, he hands it to them, and he says, it was written in front of me, it was signed in front of me, and they say, well, we're really concerned that it wasn't written for this woman. Was it written for this woman? He says, yes, it was. Okay, sure. The question is, he's a single witness. How is his testimony accepted? Ula Rabba, according to Rabba, that the whole thing is that he's testifying that it was written for this woman, Liboy 
Shouldn't it? Shouldn't you require two? Like all testimony requires two. Where is the precedent that a single witness can claim testimony? So the answer is we do have a precedent. When it comes to isurim, when it comes to prohibitions, we believe a single witness. This concept that we believe a single witness is from like that's how a mashkiach, right? A mashkiach works. He's a single guy who claims. That this is properly. So Rashi says, what's the source that a single witness is accepted? Rashi says, you don't need a source. It's every woman who cooks in the kitchen, right? She's cooking in the kitchen. You come home. How do you know that it's that it's not pork? How do you know that it was shechted properly? All these things. It's a single witness. A wife, when it comes to Nida, Rashi gives another example. Trumas and Meisters, all these things. If you don't accept a single testimony, if you need two witnesses for everything, for all prohibitions, then you'll never be able to function. You'll have to have two people in the kitchen at all times to make sure. The answer is, is a concept that a single witness is accepted for, for Isurim. So over here, a single witness. Here's the problem. The Gemara says, wait a minute, that's not comparable. So you're telling me the reason why we believe this guy to claim this get is, is valid is the same reason why we believe a woman who's who's uh, who's has a piece of meat to make sure that the meat is kosher. You know what the difference is? That meat does not have what's called a cheskas iser. A cheskas iser means that you start off, status quo is that it's usher, and you're trying to change that. Meaning, when you come home and you have a package from Wasserman, there's no status quo. It's not like I know there's pork here, and you're telling me there's no pork. No, you start off, I think everything's fine, everything's fine. So a single witness is enough to keep status quo. Over here, this woman is married, yeah? She's a married woman, so usher, usher, usher. You want to make her mutter by giving her a divorce, that that's not that's not the same as the mashkiach in the kitchen because it's not a witness just telling you what's happened. It's a witness overriding the status quo of being a prohibition. But Benita also she started off mutter and then the need the then the, well the need also I think the I think the need also a good question. I think the Gemara has a pasuk specifically by Nida. Rashi does not quote Nida as an example, which is interesting, maybe for this reason. But you you do have a shtar, but the point is the shtar is being validated by this single guy. So and you're telling me that he's the one who's keeping the star valid. Why? Because if you're telling me that outside of Israel they didn't sign it properly, that means that the that 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 you could assume the star is garbage, and he's the one who's making the star valid. The Gemara is going to answer sort of what you're saying, but the Gemara is so he's making the the star valid. If he's making the star valid, he's basically overriding a married woman. So that's you need more than that. And in addition, we have a general rule that while a single witness works for uh, you know kosher and non kosher and all that stuff. When it comes to arayas, when it comes to sexual immorality and all sexual concepts, you need two, right? At a wedding, how many witnesses do you Two to make the kedushin. Why? Because if you want to have a woman, uh, you know, be killed uh, under the death penalty for adultery, two. You need two. So the Gemara says... Uh, when is one witness believed when you have a piece of meat that you're not sure whether it's kosher or not? But it's not like you know it's not kosher. Okay, there's no status quo of knowing that it's a problem. Rather, you're just not sure. So one guy says that it's enough. That's enough. You'd have to have it that it was proven that it was trip. Meaning, let's say, let's say I know, yeah, then it would be a little different. Then you would potentially require two. But the status, the standard case where you have one witness is you have a piece of meat. Maybe it's not kosher, maybe it's kosher, but it's not like you know it's not kosher. And the guy says, he's like, no, this is kosher the whole time. We believe him because he's not overriding a known status quo of being a problem. She is a married woman. I know she's a married woman. You're trying to break that 
you need more than one. And in addition, have a Dabr Shabba And secondly, it's Dabr Shabba which is, it's not like a testimony about a piece of meat. It's a testimony about a marriage. Ain't Dabr Shabba Pachas Mishnayim. All things regarding marriage require two witnesses. So the question is, if, again, so, so Shemi made a good point, which is like, you have a document. But I said, the document you're telling me is not good because people don't know the laws outside of Israel. So basically, the document is trash. It's only good because of this guy. That's not enough. So the answer is no. The answer is the document is not trash. The answer is, the Gemara says, uh, the answer is even outside of Israel, the majority of them write it properly. You have a majority that is properly, meaning we start off by assuming outside of Israel, they don't know what they're doing. So all the documents out of Israel are like very questionable. The answer is not wrong. 95% of documents outside of Israel are still fine. Because of the 5%, the rabbi said, let's make sure that someone just validates it. And really, you should have two, but for aguna purposes, right? We don't want to have a woman as an aguna, right? You don't have a woman stuck because the husband's going to claim it's a forgery or whatever. It's going to be a question, and 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 she's going to be stuck there. In order to allow her to remarry easier, which is to avoid aguna issues, we're going to accept a single testimony. But it's not that he's holding up a document that's flawed. The document that you have rove, you have the majority tells you the document is fine. So on a biblical level, the document is fine. So therefore, you don't really need anything. It's the rabbis who needed something, so they felt that one's enough. Meaning, if it was actually a flawed document, then it would be a problem. The answer is no. Have a roiv biki, and really you go with rove. You go with majority, which tells you that it's fine. Is this flying in the face of Rabbah? No, this is Rabbah accepts this. Rabbah is acknowledging. But he's saying that it's it's a, a small percentage. Even Rabbah, that's what Rabbah means. Okay. Rov Bikin, and really the majority say it's fine. And even though Rabbah generally goes with the with the with the, a small percentage, even he would acknowledge it's not such a concern because it's not just like it's not a it's not a percentage of people outside of Israel. You're dealing with the rabbis of Israel who are writing it. Who's writing again? A sofer. So the sofrim also knew it. So really, the overwhelming majority, even outside of Israel, knew what they were doing regarding. Get, and therefore the rabbis were the whole thing that needed this. And therefore to avoid aguna issues, the rabbis were lenient. So it's not what we thought before, which is that it's it's not a, it's a major issue. The rab- No, the answer is really it's probably fine without anybody. The rabbi said, let's just really dot our I's and cross our T's. So for that, they felt that one witness is enough and you don't require two. All right, we'll stop here. All right.